0: Welcome back to another episode of Tips and Tricks with your favorite instructor, Instructor Shelton. Today on our HBCU Connect, we have Miss Pernella Deems. Thank that you. Is actually How are you actually Dr. Doing, Ms. Deems.
1: Pernella? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for uh, having me on here this morning.
0: All right. So on HBCU Hype, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, well, um, I am Dr. Penela Royina Deans, and I currently serve as the interim vice president for student engagement and campus life at Kentucky State University. Um, I call myself a HBCU enthusiast and advocate um, by way of being a two-time alum. Uh, undergrad at Southern University and A&M College, double major in psychology and sociology. Um, along the way, I got my master's from the University of Southern Mississippi, but my doctorate is from Tennessee State University, um, their doctorate in counseling psychology, one of only two HBCUs, to have an APA accredited uh, PhD program in counseling psychology and then Kentucky State is my fourth HBCU where I've worked at. I worked at Tennessee State while I was in graduate school. Nice. Then Gramlin State University, then Talladega College and then um, now at Kentucky State University. Oh my goodness I love that that's a wealth of
0: information (laughs) i should i should have had you on a long time ago for all the hbcu knowledge all right so um first question let's dive right on in um how what do you love about
1: hbcu culture oh so i guess it's it's one of those things that it's like wasn't what was not to love i love um the richness of the experience. I love seeing professors who look like me. I like being one of those professors who are portraying the image of what you're trying to strive for and reach for. Um, I love the family vibe. I love that Mm. you go there and you uh, authentically and organically develop brothers and sisters and cousins and, and professors who are like moms and dads and administrative assistants who are like aunties and you know um everybody there is about you making it you're not a number everybody is you know corrective like hey where you going you you know you've been going to class you're doing what you're supposed to do and so you're not a you're not a you're not just a number and, and not only do people know you by your name they may know you by your nickname they know where mm-hmm. you, from. you know that's that's mary from detroit or that's sam from florida so it's it's an authentic experience, it's a family experience, and it, it naturally flows.
0: It really does. And you know what, I can honestly say that there is something about attending an HBCU where you look around and there's a certain atmosphere that exists, that you're like, okay, I'm home, I'm away from home, but I'm home. And you do have instructors and professors and and people um, admin that take a, a notice in you and say, you know, classes are in. What you doing right. out here? <laughs> <laughs> classes are in session. Are you just out here relaxing? or what, What's going on? You know, and they do take an interest in your life. And that is one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, HBCUs, have so much to offer our kids. Exactly. So that leads us into the next question, which is why is it important for students to attend an
1: HBCU? I think, well, I'll well, start in one place. You know, a lot of times we do still generate and, and serve um, a lot of first generation college students. Yes. But we also have second, third and fourth generation college students at our HBCUs. So the fact that if my grandmother went, my grandfather went, my mom, dad, I want the opportunity to go to that school as well. That's the first point in that, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's still relevant. And, you know, we're not dealing with segregation and, you know, Mm. dealing with all these things, the reason why they were founded. So why don't we just merge them or shut them down or blend in and, you know, the HBCUs were always open and welcome to everyone. That's the first thing. So it's not like it was any, any exclusive school, even though founded to serve African-Americans, the doors were always open to everyone. There was no rules that you cannot get in. Um, yes. Like the majority institutions were founded where you could not come. Um, and then HBC is important. It, one, the legacy. And then two, our institutions have a like I said, you know, it's this holistic experience where everybody's a part of your education, everybody's a part of your foundation and your process, and not just what you get in the classroom. They, they it, These institutions help you develop and become a leader, mm-hmm. um, let you go through that trial and error phase where you get to, you know, run for offices, but even if you don't win, you still have an opportunity for leadership development. Um, it's a uh, there's a strong mentoring vibe that's yes. in that organic experience where I can watch you and watch what you do. And I can take that back to my community. And, and, and I, keep, I keep going back to this authentic and organic is that it just naturally happens. Whereas some, you know, places will create a black culture center or a black union or something like that. You walk in there, you're in the, the full vibe of the culture already at an HBCU.
0: Yes, and you know what, you're so right, because I can remember not gonna say any names, but there's another school that's not too far from Florida A&M University. And um, I can remember having friends that attended that university and they were like, oh, we have, you know, our black student union. And I was like, oh, okay, I think that's cool. And, you know, I went on the campus and it was just such a different atmosphere and such a different vibe. And it almost seemed as if they were separate and apart from the actual university. It didn't at all seem cohesive. It didn't Mm -hmm. at all seem supportive, it seemed as if we, they existed on their own sphere mm-hmm. um, instead of existing as part of the general population of the school. So mm-hmm. for me, that vibe was so different because I was like, when I go on my campus, I feel like I'm part of the campus. Like my, my presence there matters. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely made an impact on me in terms of, okay, my presence matters. When i go to this school so I, I thank you so much because it is important all
1: right so and, and i just want to i just want to just kind of slide in that i believe we belong in all spaces um you know african americans um belong in all spaces and and i think that um you know i i do know that some people choose not you know choose other institutions for whatever reason um and i think you know you can you fit in where you fit in but what we get from the HBCU is um, it, it to me like again it just flows really naturally it just flows relentlessly but at the same time I believe you should fight for those centers and mm-hmm. the space wherever you are. Yes,
0: yeah. All right, and that leads us into the next question, which is um, how do we find validation? How do we kind of be okay attending an HBCU and be proud that we've attended HBCUs? How do we find that validation um, that others seem to seek out when it comes to um, HBCUs versus PWIs? How do we, we mm-hmm. find that?
1: I think um, there, this is all an individual kind of process and individual, Self exploration that you you take on when you do step on a college campus, no matter what. Yeah. Um, I don't think you have to try to fight hard to justify your choice, um, or you shouldn't have to. Um, and in that, you know, the I you have an opportunity to walk in and be authentic in an already authentic space. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people are dealing with things that happen in high school, Mm -hmm. um, you know, opportunities where you didn't have a chance to be a leader or the school was too big. And so you come back into this concentrated environment, you meet all these different people from all these different places that, you know, it's not just a Black school. You have African -Americans Americans and Blacks from all kinds of places who had all kinds of experiences that you can learn so much from people from all, you know, all their different cultures and walks of life. And um it's it's that part of the exploration process and I and I tell people you can you have the opportunities to study abroad and to travel and yeah. to visit other institutions you have co-curricular um, experiences and opportunities so you can see what's happening in all the different places but your HBCU it it it, it kind of I think it bridges you to whatever else you're trying to do. I, I think yeah. institutions, their slogans are start here and go anywhere. You know, I, I know that's one institution's like motto, but um, you have an opportunity to explore a safe kind of process who you are. You can learn if you like, you know, locks, if you like natural hair, if you like, if you still like a or relaxer, or whatever the case is, you know, people, you have so many different um political opportunities, especially what's going on in our, you know, our culture now. Right. You have opportunities for social justice. And I feel like you mm. have somewhat of a safe space to kind of navigate and do that. And and I, I I think, you know, your choice is your choice. I wouldn't want people to struggle trying to figure out how to validate where they're going to get their education. Go in, go proud, go strong. Yes. Um, yes. You know, there'll be there'll be people to help you along the way. You know what? I answered that correctly or not.
0: Oh, yes, yes, you did. Because one of the reasons why I asked the question is um, I teach K through, I teach 12th grade um, in dual enrollment. And sometimes Mm. when students are looking for, you know, their college of choice, I have had... Parents who will teach, talk their kids out of wanting to apply to an HBCU, or kids who say, No, you know, I can't apply to HBCU because, you know, my parents would be upset. And I'm like, I'm upset that you're applying to an HBCU? Why? And oftentimes, what I find is they struggle with even making the choice because there is this automatic perception that if you attend an HBCU you're going to get a lesser education. So there's yeah. this this validation almost that has to take place where people have to validate the legitimacy of an HBCU even current day. And it's like you can see it, you can look around, yeah. you can look in politics, you can see the 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 Pour out of HBCUs and and the the quality of education. But even still, I'm having to say, okay, let you know what? Because I like pulling facts. Okay, you know what? Let's look up these schools. Mm -hmm. let's look up because if it's not the right school or the right program for you then then by all means don't apply to that school but let's just look and what I'm finding is as I educate them and I pull numbers and I pull programs and I pull PhDs and I pull masters and I pull these and then they're like oh I didn't know that school had that oh I didn't know offered that so I'm constantly in the mode of validating the legitimacy of HBCU so I just kind of throw that question in because I feel like it's something that I almost have to do all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't have to do with other
1: institutions. So, so I, I guess I, I guess my own personal, you know, reflection on that is when I went to college, I only applied to one school mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for undergrad, and it was Southern University, and that's where my both of my parents graduated from. Um and I was happy and okay. And part of it was my God is counselor. Was an African American male who also had gone to an HBCU. Mm. He knew how to give me that opportunity, but I was going to do it anyway because it was in the household. Right. But my daughter, my daughter is third generation um, HBCU. She is currently at Xavier University in Louisiana, nice. and um, she was in high school international baccalaureate scholar. And a lot of people told her, "Why would you go to an HBCU? You're wasting." you know, your education, mm-hmm. you know, what you learned. And, you know, I'm glad I was the buffer. Um, Xavier yes. was her first choice. She did apply to other institutions, but Xavier was her first choice. And um, what, what it is is when she walked in there <laughs> they whipped her butt, you know. She she needed that IB chemistry to get through chemistry at Xavier. She needed that IB psychology to get through psychology stats at Xavier. And so now she has the opportunity to actually, mm-hmm. as an undergrad uh, student, teach statistics because um, what that HBCU nurtured from what she got in high school. And so I always say, yes, you you you. I don't think I think people. Sh- do kind of the short end there's such a variety there's an opportunity there's you know over 100 hbcus and you know this one in your state may not be your choice but there's another one there there's another opportunity and i think people who may not have that generational influence or they just hear the stereotypes about hbcus yes. they miss out on the opportunity or they getting fed the wrong yeah. knowledge and wrong information Ooh
0: that look that says a lot about that missing out i know a couple of people that's like dang i should have win mm-hmm. i should have went they missed out you missed it <laughs> you missed the boat mm-hmm. all right so how i like to end hbcu uh hype is uh your band song look i'm gonna get you in trouble Ooh. But as well go ahead and, and get to it so whatever hbcu that hear you they like you know what i can't believe so what is <laughs> one of your favorite
1: band songs so I get, you know I if I can call it that I like neck but um you know if I could if I could say I really like the um what is it I'm so glad you know because you could put any institution at the back of it so you know I'm so glad I went to SU I'm so glad I went to TSU I'm so glad I work at KSU okay. <laughs> I, I'll go with the I'm so glad version
0: yeah. Okay, let's see. I'm so glad. Let me put in TSU because <laughs> I think they are are on. Yeah,
1: they they do that one a lot. They do that one, but SU does it too.
0: Let me see if I can.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. that one. And <laughs> well, you know
0: what? You're right. You you played it safe because that I'm so glad is every, every HBCU I think has the I'm so glad and you throw your school in. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Penela Ladines, for uh, coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you want us to know about HBCUs before we close out?
1: Um... I think HBCUs are, like I said, they are awesome choices, awesome opportunities there. Um go on a tour, you know. Yeah. Uh some of them have virtual tours, but go on a tour, go on a scheduled tour, go on an unscheduled tour, talk to the students, talk to the faculty, talk to the staff, um, you know, bring bring your bring your eighth graders around so they can see it. Yeah. Start, start, start in that early space. Um you know walk around the campuses talk to people ask questions but like I said you can probably do virtual virtual tours first and start there but just you know remember that um they're greats you know you have so many greats at you know that come out of HBCUs the WB Du Bois and Mary, Mary McLeod yeah, and, and even the current I mean there's so many current greats um that are doing phenomenal things Kamala Harris you know and so many so many others so many others who um, you know a lot of the hidden figures who have set the foundation and have, you know, really took that HBCU experience and built this nation.
0: Wow, that's a mic drop moment! Built this nation, y'all <laughs> better listen in. All right, this has been another episode of HBCU Hype with Instructor Danielle Shelton and Dr. Penila Deems. Deems. <laughs> <Deams. laughs> Bye.